Hello and welcome back to another episode of Husky Talk. Our guest this week is a veteran who has competed in seven Iditarods. His highest finish is eighth place when he also earned the Sportsmanship Award. He is the second generation musher from the Bethel area. Please welcome to the show Michael Williams Jr. Hello Michael and welcome to the show. Can you start Hi. off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Michael Williams Jr. I grew up in Akak, Alaska. It's in um, the western part of Alaska on the Kuskokwim River. I'm 37. Um, and I'm set to run my ninth Iditarod. So what inspired you to get into sled dog racing? Uh, well, I grew up mushing. Um, I started when I was a kid. My dad um, and his brothers grew up mushing, and um, you know, I was just kind of born into it. And when I became old enough and strong enough to handle and harness the dogs is when I started. You said you were from Akiak, Alaska. Tell us about your community. Um... It's a small, remote town. Uh, the only way in and out is through either... If you're coming in from Anchorage, the only way to come here is to fly. And uh, in the summertime, um, the only way we get shipments is through barge and air freight. Um, there's no roads system around here. Um it's a small town, about 350 people. How would you say life is different for you than it would be for us here in the lower 48? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. How would you say life is different for you than it would be for us here in the lower 48? How life is different for me than it is for you? Um, I guess the remoteness, uh, being in a small village with no road system, um, we live primarily a subsistence lifestyle. With the adults... Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. The dinner starting in Willow. How do you get your dogs all the way across Alaska to start off the race? Uh, we we have a um, reservation made with one of the cargo uh, freight planes, and uh, we fly them out from Bethel to Anchorage, and then. Uh, several years ago, we bought a trailer and um, made boxes in there to load the dogs in for um, to transport the dogs around from Anchorage to Willow and back again. Is that expensive to fly the dogs? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty pricey. I think with the rising costs of gas and everything else, the freight's going to go up a little bit. 
I don't remember exactly how much it was last time to ship the dogs, but it was uh, at least a couple of thousand. How much do eggs cost there? Right now, all the stores don't have any. <laughs> uh, last time they were on 20-something uh, or five dozen. It costs five dollars for us here. Wow. <laughs> Being in Alaska. Yeah, with the yeah, the prices of everything up here is more than double than what you guys get. Like um, like a bag of Doritos chips will probably cost between eight nine dollars maybe and. For the bigger bags, <laughs> um, the bag of rice can go for twenty-five. Uh, box of cereal probably be right around seven eight dollars. So they're pretty pricey around here. How much does gas cost? Um, here in my hometown, it's around five sixty. Um, in one of the the hub town of Bethel, it's six eighty. Being an Alaska native, how does it feel doing a sport native to Alaska? Um, I don't know. Being you know, or native, so it's normal for me. Um, growing up mushing and then going to the races, it's that. That's, I never really thought of it that that way. You are a second-generation musher. Your dad competed in 15 Iditarods. What was it like growing up with your dad so involved in the Iditarods? Um, it was a lot of work. <laughs> um, I, when I was in sixth grade, I, that's when I started feeding the dogs. My dad, being on uh, serving on several boards, uh, he traveled a lot to meetings, and so I um, became the, the the guy to feed the dogs when he's gone. And um, and then, like in junior high, early high school years, I started training the dogs, and um. It was a lot of work going from school to the dog yard, running them, feeding them. And, um, but uh, I think that helped me uh, in my adult years, you know, kind of just pretty much the same thing, except now it's work and then dogs. Uh, <clears throat> you are back doing the Iditarod. 
after a four-year break. What led you to take time off from the dinner? Uh, family. Uh, I have a few kids, and um, running my bitter odd takes too much time and money. Um, and I want to spend that time and money with the family. Do your kids race sled dogs? Uh, they're not quite old enough yet, but they'll they'll start. There's there's a I have a couple of kids that are interested. Um, they don't like to follow me. I mean, you know, they don't like to come along and sit in the sled. They want to drive their own teams. And soon, maybe next year, they're they they just turned nine. So um, I was thinking maybe next year that I'll rig them up a. A couple sleds and let them train their own little group of dogs so so they can have something to do after school. Can you tell us how you keep your dogs healthy during the race? Well, um, it's a process. If a guy doesn't train the dogs and get them in shape for the race, it's going to be hard to do. So in order to keep them healthy for a race and throughout a race, uh, they they got to be in shape. So it takes a lot of prep and training. Um, in the fall, we usually start on the ATV when there's no snow. And we just... As the temperatures cool off and, uh, and we're getting further in, through the season in training, we start to increase their miles and and um, eventually we work, um, build up into race simulations during training. And, and that's, how, that, that's how I do it anyway. Um, not as intense as the race, but simulated a little bit just to get the dogs into the routine that they're going to be seeing. And then when the race starts, um, we, um, we go a certain distance and then we'll stop for two to more hours for rest and it's important to for the stops the rest and recovery and during that time we feed them and put them down on straw and um if they'll take water we will we'll give them water and you know provide water for them give them a piece of meat or fat and some Dry kibble. It's a race, um, race made dog food with high protein and fat and vitamins, and that that all helps. What do you do if your dog becomes unhealthy? We have checkpoints on the trail, like if a dog gets sick, sometimes being exposed to a lot of new dogs, they'll 
I think. Okay, our final question is the dinner party. You are able to invite five Iditarod icons to dinner, living or dead. Who would you invite to your dinner party? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question clearly. Our final question is the dinner party. You are able to invite five Iditarod icons to dinner, living or dead. Who would you invite to your dinner party? Georgetla. Joey Reddington Jr., Joe Reddington Sr., Carl Huntington. Um, I can't decide on the fourth one, but uh, I'd like to hear stories from those four for sure. And my dad. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck in the Iditarod. Okay, thank you. Special thanks to our guest, Michael Williams Jr., for being on our show this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please stop by iTunes and leave us a review. It helps with our ratings. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people you would like to hear on the show, email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on the show. We would like to also give credit to Hobo Jim for our intro song, the Iditarod Trail song, and our outro song, Reddington's Run. They call this race the Iditarod Trail. To me, it's Reddington's Run. In my heart, it's Reddington's Run.